Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. And we are back with another episode of the Mind by the Musings podcast. And I'm so excited because today is going to rock. Really, it is going to rock. This is episode 154. And I'm speaking with Mr. Taylor Conroy. Taylor is a meditating surfer obsessed with building businesses that make change. His first social enterprise, Change Heroes, mobilized 15,000 people from 80 countries around the world to fund hundreds of schools, water projects, libraries, girls' scholarships, and more for 200,000 people and raised nearly $4 million. He founded a social enterprise that has taught hundreds of children to be social entrepreneurs, a speaker's bureau that solely represents speakers making change, and recently co-founded an impact travel company called Journey 333 with the goal of transforming the world's largest industry, travel, into a vehicle for sustainable impact and personal transformation. Taylor has lectured at Harvard, Princeton, NYU, Cornell, and the United Nations. He regularly presents for corporate clients like Disney, Lululemon, and social good events with over 10,000 people and private dinners and galas. Taylor has studied with Zen monks in Japan, run with the bulls in Spain, explored every continent on Earth, including Antarctica, surfed the longest wave in the world in Peru, and filmed many documentaries in Nicaragua, Cambodia, Kenya, and Uganda. He's currently writing his first book titled 333. Oh, man, you guys. I I just finished this chat with Taylor, and... I'm on fire with joy and happiness and excitement and all the good things. Like creating podcasts to me is like creating mini tiny babies and I get to create mini tiny babies all the time and I love it. But this tiny baby is like the best. I loved talking with Taylor. Okay, I'll stop being so weird. I love talking with Taylor. He's awesome. Uh, We jive on a lot of different things. We talk about our both of our bodybuilding pasts. We talk about identities that we cling on to as human beings. We talk about making changes in the world and differences and, and what our next what our next five years of our life look like as of right now, what we think. So it was a beautiful conversation. I can't wait to hear his thoughts. One of the most important parts of this chat that I really want you to consider is that there is a trip going on to Mexico City, August 3rd to the 8th, that I will be co-leading with Journey, his company. I know I originally said I was going to be leading a retreat with Journey to Costa Rica, but after some talking and some decision making, we have decided to combine the Costa Rica trip with the Mexico City trip they had planned and just go to Mexico City. So I will be co-leading the Mexico City trip, not Costa Rica, August 3rd to the 8th. So if you were excited about Costa Rica and now you're like, okay, Mexico City sounds awesome too, then I really hope you enjoy this conversation and can consider if you want to be coming to Journey with us. This is going to be an exceptional experience. We'll talk about the trip and all that we have planned inside of this podcast episode, so I will save it for our chat. I do want to give a warm, loving shout out to the sponsor of this episode, Plate Joy. 
I don't know about you guys, but meal planning, meal making, grocery shopping, all that stuff just becomes a huge hassle for me because I am a creature of habit. But let's be real, our bodies need different nutrients. Our bodies need variety. And one of the things I love about Plate Joy is that they are able to create personalized meal plans for you based on what you already have in your home, what you like to eat, what you don't like to eat. And if you're going to the grocery store, they can make grocery uh, shopping lists for you. Also plan out the meals you're going to be eating for the week. You get to decide what you eat, how often you eat, how many different breakfasts you want for the next week or how many different dinners you want for the next week, how many snack options you want. It's beautiful. It's so personalized. It's the all-in-one grocery meal planning uh program. I love it. So if you want to check out Plate Joy, you can get 10 days of meal plans for free. Just go over to platejoy.com. There's a link for it in my in the show notes for this episode 154. You can enter code Maddie to also save $10 on your membership. So check that out. Remember the code is Maddie M-A-D-D-Y, all capitalized. So yeah, I can't even I can't even express my love for Plate Joy enough just because it's simplified my whole food shopping experience I always know what I'm going to be making because it's easy and laid out for me but I don't have to get complicated I can stick to just a few different ingredients and I can eat a particular way that I want so if I want to eat a lot of fat you got it if I want to eat a lot of carbohydrates you got it they can make it happen so just check it out what do you got to lose check out plate joy and I would love to hear your thoughts about it Last piece of news before we head on over to the show is that my one-on-one coaching is open for a spot. If someone is interested in one-on-one coaching with me to dive deeper, change their life, be free from perfectionism and anxiety, and wants some hand-holding along the way, some encouraging and a little bit of pushing, then I would love to talk with you about my coaching program. They are six months minimum, up to 12 months. So if you're interested and you want to learn more, go to maddiemoon.com slash coaching. You can also click the link to that in the show notes for this episode and read all the testimonies I have in there, see what my coaching programs and packages look like, and fill out an application if you are ready and committed to making this happen. Even if you're just interested, you will receive an intro call, and I would love to talk with you further, answer your questions, and interview you to see if you would be a good fit for what I can provide. The review of the week goes to L. Bowser, and L. Bowser says, like talking to your best friend with five stars. I love her so much. Her message is so freeing and honest. It's like having a convo with your best friend. I would recommend her to anyone looking to improve their relationship with themselves. Thank you so much, L. Bowser. I appreciate you and you listening to this episode, to this podcast. You're like talking to my best friend too, even though I'm not talking to you right now. I always feel so connected to each one of the listeners of this show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go head on over. You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life 
life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host, Maddie Moon. Hey, and welcome back to the Mind Body Musings podcast. I am here with Taylor for episode 154 already. Wow, time flies. This is awesome. I'm so excited to be here with Taylor. He is a very inspirational person, might I say. I just watched your TED Talk about a week ago, Taylor, and I fell in love with it. You are such a good speaker, but more than that, you are such an a passionate person about giving back to the community, which I personally feel like that's not super everywhere these days. A lot of people are making big shifts and moves in the world and making personal businesses and online businesses, but you're really mm-hmm. hands-on. You're really out there making a change and focusing on giving back to the world. So I want to first of all say thank you, and then second of all say welcome to the show. Well, thanks, and thanks, and I think you said some really nice stuff in there, so thank you. Lots of thanks. It's good to be here. You're so welcome. The first thing I like to do on this podcast is just give my guests a moment or two to go into their background and their story. How did you end up being this change maker and going out and teaching kids and adults and all these people how to be entrepreneurs and making your company, We Journey. How did this get started? How did you get to where you are now? Well, believe it or not, it all started when I was wearing a pair of bright blue man panties uh, in front of, genuinely, in front of about 400 people. I was doing my first bodybuilding competition. And and what I the reason I like to bring that up is because it's not just a bodybuilding competition, but it was for me, it was like the last step of trying to find happiness outside of myself. You know, I was I was trying to get in as good a shape as possible because I already ticked off all the other boxes that, you know, for lack of better terms, that society tells us will make us happy, like making a bunch of money. I was a millionaire in my mid twenties, or having a really good career as a firefighter, then a real estate, um, had, had a real estate company, or being in a good relationship, or whatever. All these things that we the, that we're told are going to give us happiness, and I wasn't getting happiness out of any of them, genuinely. And and so I just decided I would be a bodybuilder. I thought that's what it is. I just need to be in better shape. I need to be in the best shape of my life, and and maybe then I'll get some like lasting fulfillment. And it wasn't there either. And and that kind of spiraled into me just diving within myself and figuring out what is it that what is it that I love, what is it that is actually going to bring me ultimate fulfillment. And and that kind of started this journey of going on a trip to Kenya and Uganda, which I talk about in that. TED talk that you're talking about and and really finding this love for service and this love for combining and and I guess one thing Maddie which I think a lot of people that are let's say quote unquote like social do gooders um, don't talk about is how important it is to make sure that you yourself are completely happy and having fun no matter what you're doing you know it's I know a lot of very miserable people that are doing very wonderful things in the world and I don't want to be one of those miserable people whether it's you know, building schools in Africa, or if it's um, trading stocks in New York, people can be just as miserable regardless of what they're doing. So it has a lot to do with how they're doing it at the same time. If that makes any sense. Oh, it makes all the sense in the world. Okay, wait. Do you do you know about my past too? Also being a bodybuilder. Wait, what? Yeah. 
send, send you need to post a picture this for me is immediately. so funny because i didn't know this about you either like you just explained <laughs> how i experienced yeah like the big turning point in my life i was like okay well I just need to be in better shape. And so yeah. I too, like I wasn't in a, a blue suit. I was in a green suit and then a Ooh. red suit. So oh, yeah. I, I did two of those shows and that's kind of how this pot, that's not kind of, that is how this podcast came to be is when I started wow. going through, I came out of the fitness closet, so to say, being like, Hey, guess what? I had this perfect body and I was actually miserable and sick and dying yeah, so, on the uh, inside. Wow. Well, but- but Maddie, did you wake up three times a week and put a needle in your butt and inject steroids into your mm, body? I didn't do that. No. Nope. Yeah, I was a pincushion. Had so mm. many needles in me. But I mean, and, and I kind of say it jokingly now, but isn't it? It's hilarious that the, the links that we go to to get to this place that, and genuinely, I think that we're all trying to get to this place where we're happy, whether it be happy with our body or happy because a thousand people in the audience are clapping for us because we won or because we have a trophy on the shelf or because we can call our parents and say, "Look, I did this." You know, we're all, I don't know, I don't, know if, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I speak for myself in saying that a lot of that was just looking for love, you know, looking oh, yeah. to to get love from what, you know, who, who knows, mom, dad, all the other people that you want, people that you want love from, but it's all the same thing. Mine was really rooted, I think it's, it's pretty similar, but mine was really rooted in this wanting to grasp a sense of control in life because oh, yeah. I was such a perfectionist and yep. it's not like I was going out and accomplishing a million things, but I was more like, I need to be perfect, I need to live in the space of black and white and what's the easiest way for me to do that and get that instant gratification of doing something correctly, getting people's approval, like yeah. checking off boxes and for me, my kryptonite was like meal planning and dieting and having a coach tell like I've had I had a coach pull me into this room it was wall to wall to wall mirrors and have me basically strip down to like my bra and underwear and be like let's circle all the parts of your body that need to to change and like it's so terrible and awful but at the time in this sick way I was like yes like tell me more tell me more what else can I do perfect and everyone's gonna love me and it's gonna be amazing yes it was like fuel and I went like I went to Safeway and I grabbed all like the 99% lean turkey breast and like my brown rice and all this and went home and prepared and then like sat on my couch and had like literally nothing to do because I couldn't do anything after bulk cooking because I couldn't hang out with my friends. So it's just like this terrible yeah. cycle of trying to seek this sense of perfection or like you said, love and ultimately yep. for all of us dare I say, it leads to this moment where you're just staring at the ceiling saying, what the fuck? This yeah. is it? And you want to know something, Maddie? You know, I know we said this like right before we hopped on about talking about something controversial and or, or maybe not talking about something controversial. This isn't going to be controversial between you and I, but it's controversial to a lot of people's mm-hmm. beliefs around why you do good in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, you, you look at like the last company I started, which is called Change Heroes. And it was this amazing company, if I do so myself, I'm a bit biased, but it's an amazing company that people would, would raise money to build schools and libraries and water projects and girls scholarships and anti-sex trafficking work and a whole bunch of different wonderful things um, in the world and all, all throughout the developing, in, in 14 different developing countries. And it worked, we raised like $4 million, we funded 400 schools and libraries and whatnot. And yet, at the same time, I was totally burnt out, totally miserable, um, because because I went about it the wrong way. I did it. I did it all for other people, and that's where it gets controversial. Is because you think, well, yeah, service. That's what you're doing. You're doing it for other people. But at the same time, you're a human being. 
You know, you there's there's needs and wants that you and your subconscious has that if they don't get fulfilled, they will, in essence, I think, sabotage what you're working on, and let alone not not definitely not let you enjoy you know the fruits of your labor. Like we had impacted two hundred thousand people, and I was totally miserable. Mm. You know, it's the, it's the same story as I had made one billion dollars, and I was totally miserable. But it's just another thing in there. So I I approached change heroes. The same way that I approached real estate. In real estate, I was like, I want to make you know millions of dollars, and I did. And then I realized I wasn't happy. But I went to make those millions of dollars to prove myself to my dad, to prove myself to other people, to be the perfectionist, to be the to the winner, competing with everyone else. And then I got into Change Heroes, and sure it went well from an impact standpoint. But I went about it the same way. I want to prove myself to other people that I can make a big difference in the world. So if and we so, were, go ahead. I, no, it's all, it's all good. Go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna sorry. I was gonna say if you were going to put an archetype on you, then would you say in a sense you were being like a martyr during this time, like you were dedicating your life to being unhappy, but because you were doing service and a cause, you were dedicated to it? I would say that it flowed. So let's say if you were looking at like a wave kind of graph in front of you, I don't know if you know wave graph is, you know, kind of up and down. Mm-hmm. Um I would say that at the beginning of the company, it was it came from a really genuine place of this is what I was meant to do in my life. This is my purpose. Then, at the in the hard times, I would push through the hard times because I was like, well, this is for the benefit of other people. And then I started sacrificing myself when I should have been taking care of myself more. And I should I started sacrificing my, sac- making all the decisions in the company based on the question of what will make the most impact, which is obviously a beautiful question to to ask, but it negates the person asking it. You know, like, I guess I kind of looked at myself like I'm just this vessel for doing good in the world. Mm. And if I do good, then I'm sure I'll be happy. But there's other needs that I had. There's needs I had to spend time with my family, to, you know, meditate every day, to be able to go on trips that I really enjoyed, not trips that were just to do with, you know, social good. And so ask it, it's all, I don't know, so much of it has to do with like the right questions. And so, now in, in Journey, our company, which is a travel company, um, funny enough, is the question that I ask all the time is, is, is this the most fun that we could possibly be having? You know, yes, we ask questions about it's a for-profit company. So is this the thing that will make the most revenue? Is this the thing that will make the most impact? And at the end of the day, is this the most fun that all of us can have at a, as the company? Because if it's not, then people are going to get burnt out and the work's going to be less quality and the company just won't last. Mm, I love this so entirely much because in my past, like I, I feel like a lot of my life, I really stifled my playfulness. I have a, I have a lot of playfulness. I'm a very playful person, but I got into this mindset and I don't know if you relate to this, but I totally got into this mindset that like life is serious, like be serious. Uh-huh. There's my dad is such a vivacious joker. Like I, he's the hilarious person, but I remember yeah. growing up like, I had such a disconnect from him and I wanted to shut down his pointless because to me it was pointless humor. Right. And like poor, poor dad, he was so good about it. I think he got tired of me trying to like stifle that. But I realized as I got older, I was stifling that within myself and bodybuilding was another way for me to be hard and focused and driven and meatheady. And when I started finally doing exactly what you're saying, have fun, life is for play, life is for pleasure, I finally started lightening up and 
dancing like a goofball. Not dancing to be sexy and sensual and hot, but like dancing to like <laughs> be funny and and play and laugh and like to me that's really where I feel like I finally found my spirit and my soul is like play and joking and laughing at the little things in life, like trying to have childlike wonder as often and as much as possible in my life. And I feel like that's similar to what you're saying is like, how can we have fun? How can we have a good time? And I think behind the scenes of your business, it's it's the very same thing. It's how can we have fun in this business we're building, but how can we have fun whenever we close our laptops and walk away from it? Yeah, exactly. And and how to have fun, that does correlate to money sometimes. And it does correlate to impact sometimes, right? Because it is really fun to build a thriving, profitable company. That to me is a really fun thing to do. So it's not like, let's just like go off and surf when there's actually still work to be done. You know, we'll, we'll still get the work done because but that to us is fun. It's like, it's, it's about, in my mind, creating your own universe. You know, and that's what it, what it struck me about you in what you do with your retreats and your coaching and re- whatever you're doing. It's like, this is Maddie's universe. Come into it, and you've created it in a way that it's fun, it's gratifying. You're, you're teaching people the things that mean the most to you in your life. And so when people come into that, like, you've designed this. And that's what I think, I'm guessing, why a lot of people listen to you. It's why a lot of people, um, you know, what I talk to a lot of people about is, designing something that is just completely fulfilling for you like journey we want it to be our it's our own universe we have an opportunity to create something that is exactly how we want it you know and yeah. and that is ideally the core tenant of, of ours is is fun and if it's not fun like like recently we've all been working like crazy hard i'm feeling burnt out and i'm going like wait a second i need to you know take a dose of my own medicine and and get refocused on what would be the most fun thing to do instead of working 14 hours a day yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think that's really a lot of intuition coming into play there. Like, because mm-hmm. you've had the experiences with change heroes and real estate, yeah. you know what it feels like to be on oh, that yeah. borderline of <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you, collapse, totally. Yeah, and you have to experience that and be to, to be able to know what it feels like for next time. So now, like, you're able to use that past to to today yeah. to see like okay this is what it feels like in my body when i'm getting overstressed i think too exactly. often too often people look at experiences in the past and they kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater and they oh. say like that was a burnout that was rough blah 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 forget it but like there's so much you can learn from every single experience you've had whether it's a loss of a relationship or it's like a health issue or it is creating a business breaks my heart when people say that their business was a failure or they failed at that because in my eyes that's not that's not what a failure looks like failure is just this thing we've made up this concept of what we think success is and then the opposite of it but you can still take so much wisdom and knowledge even if it's just about yourself and what you like and what you don't like that's valuable feedback exactly it's just that's i mean that's the definition of enjoy the journey and not not the destination right? Like focus on the journey, not the destinations. Everything is a test. Everything is this weird experiment in our life. Like what do we like? And what we like now is going to be totally different than what we like in the future. You know, I'm 35 right now. I'm in a committed relationship with this woman that I adore and I think is the most incredible human being on earth. And that's, this is the phase of my life as I'm now ready for that for the first time in a long time. You know, if you asked me 
seven years ago, I was in that phase of like, no, I'm going to date, I'm going to meet people, I'm going to travel the world. I don't want to be kind of hunkered down with with one person because that would not let me go to Antarctica on the weekend if that's what I want to do kind of thing. And then actually getting to embrace and enjoy, like soak up like each phase of your life. You know, so you and I, we can look back and go, bodybuilding was this phase where I learned so much about myself. I learned that I can that I can be super determined and crazy and passionate and do stuff, make stuff happen, even if it's not gonna, even if it's not good for me. And so you've learned that you have something, you have this amazing work ethic that you can drive towards now, something that actually is fulfilling. You know, mm-hmm. you like like you said, every single thing is this this experiment and a learning and the growing. So whenever you were going from these ventures in your life that made amazing money to I don't know, walking away maybe or building something else. How did that financial flop, let's say, the financial change <laughs> or switch, how did that work with you and oh. your confidence and your drive and oh building God. something? This, I mean, you're talking to like a type A person who completely, um, what was it, linked his self-worth with his net worth, mm-hmm. you know, completely. I mean, in in my mid twenties, I thought I was like untouchable. I was like the man, you know, you, I just couldn't do any wrong. Everything I touched turned to gold. <laughs> and then I turned about 28 and I was like very unfulfilled. That was right after bodybuilding. So I traveled the world for a year. Um, I went to 15 countries and just, and mostly kind of went inside myself and figured out what I wanted to do, put all the money from, from real estate into building change heroes and didn't realize how much I still linked um, I don't know, my outer successes to me, to have my own self-worth. And it never became more apparent than in, this was the end of 2015 when Change Heroes was collapsing. When this company, we just couldn't get it to the point where it was profitable. We couldn't get it to the point where it was attractive enough to take another round of investment. And it just became blatantly obvious that we were, it was going to fail. And, uh, and that, that sucked. That was really hard. I had a lot of time of, well, who am I without this company? You know, who am I without any company? And I was, I was already starting journey, but I wanted to make sure that I didn't just flip my self worth from change heroes into journey because, you know, then you, then you wrote those ups and downs of the company that any company has are the ups and downs of your personal self, which suck. You know, that sucks to be way up and then way down. And, um, and then all got all the way to the point where because change heroes went down, went with all my money in it and a bunch of personal loans that I put into the company, I had to declare personal bankruptcy. You know, so like we're talking from like one extreme making millions of bucks to the other extreme going personally bankrupt because a company that I believed in poured my, you know, blood, sweat and tears in um, for five years didn't work. And I felt like a failure. I felt like um, I lost all my self-confidence. I thought I remember thinking, oh, I guess the success in real estate was all a fluke. I guess the early success of Change Heroes was all a fluke. And this is the real me. This this me that sucks. This me that, that's a failure. Because I had investors emailing me that were mad because I'd lost their money. You know, they looked at it. Yes, and I knew all the stats. I know all the stats of ninety percent of startups fail. But I needed to be in that top ten percent. And so I thought I started thinking to myself like, if I'm not one of the top ten percent, that means I'm not one of the top ten percent of like people. That means I'm just a failure. I'm <laughs> below average. Above like this all of this head trip. I was crying twice a day. It was just, it was a really intense time until I just woke up one, I woke up one morning, genuinely, I looked outside and I was like, wait a second, I'm still alive. I'm like, I'm the same person. There's nothing about me has changed. 
The breeze still feels amazing. The water still feels incredible when I dive in and I go surfing. My friends who are, I now know deeply who my real friends are because they've stuck it out with me through this. My family, I know that they'll be through me through thick and thin. And I just really, to be totally honest, bankrupt, going bankrupt was like the biggest upgrade to my life that I could ever imagine. And so the flip to fully answer your question is like, what were the flops like? Dude, they were extreme. And they were my biggest, they were my biggest teacher. They were the teacher of I am who I am. I'm Taylor no matter what. I know that we, I was at a men's retreat, and I'll stop rambling in a second here, but I was at a men's retreat. We did a journey where we brought 15 men to Guatemala. We refurbished a school. Then we went to like Atitlan, and we had some amazing male-only kind of content where we had like what does it mean to be a, a man in the modern world? And one of the questions that one of the facilitators asked this guy, Javon Langford, who's an incredible oh, man. Oh, I know him. Yeah, he, he's amazing. As you know, he's yeah. amazing. So he asked a question to the group. Who are you if you don't have your job, if you don't have your wife, if you don't have these things, who are you? Who are you? And I know if you asked me that question two years ago, I wouldn't have been able to answer because I was Taylor the social entrepreneur. I was Taylor the guy who's making, changing the world. I was Taylor the guy who was building a for-profit, for-benefit business that was crushing it. You know. And now I know I can answer that question. I'm fucking Taylor. The same Taylor if I don't have my job. I'm Taylor if I do have my job. It doesn't matter. I'm Taylor that wakes up in the morning and meditates because that's what he loves to do and goes surfing because that's what he loves to do. And to me, bankruptcy was genuinely my biggest teacher. I'm the most, the thing I'm, one of the things I'm the most thankful for in my entire life is going bankrupt to realize that I am not my bank account and I'm not my job. I'm not nothing outside myself. I'm me. Mm, this is so juicy. I love this. And it sounds so simple to be like, I'm Taylor and I'm Taylor through and through. It sounds very simple, right? But when you think about it as human beings, we are so in love with the idea of security and labels bring us that. So that's why we latch on to these certain things. And I can totally relate to you. I feel like you're my twin on all these different levels because I can relate to this as well from going from I'm Maddie the fit chick, I'm Maddie the the Uh nutritionist, I'm Maddie the body image coach. Now I'm Maddie of Maddie Moon LLC. You know, it's like I – and I remember having these days last year where it was like wintertime, cold, clients weren't really coming in because they're focusing on holidays and Christmas and they're just kind of doing their own thing. And I wasn't bringing these clients in so I was like, oh my God. Who am I? I've got nothing. I've got no inspiration for a podcast today. I've got nothing to do. And it really freaked me out because I realized how I needed stuff to do to really feel purposeful. Mm-hmm. And I've had someone else come on the podcast before. His name's Jamie Gonzalez. He lives in Australia. He's a coach as well. And he shared something very similar to what you just said, that he had experienced bankruptcy and said it was the most freeing experience of his entire life because he had nothing and he finally realized everything, like who he is. And he's still alive in this fear of not having, I think he was also real estate. I don't really remember exactly, but that's ringing a bell. But yeah, he, he lost all of his money and had all of this debt tons and tons of debt and he realized that that's when he felt finally free from all these labels and limitations he put on himself so it's really inspiring to hear that i know it was a very scary time in so many different ways but it's inspiring to hear that because i think if if you can go through bankruptcy find more freedom than you had before 
I can go through a bad day or my other podcast listeners can go through a bad week and still realize that you are still you. You don't need a good week, a good a good paycheck, yeah. a good this or that in order to be complete. Yeah, and it's the, you know, it's sometimes getting that really good paycheck and getting it better and better and better drives us further and further and further away from ourselves. And ideally, it would only bring you close to yourself. It's, I've got like a funny maybe random analogy about steroids. Like I was saying that I used to use steroids is that people always would say like, well, do you get like really angry on them? And I was like, no, I was super nice. Like if you steroids make you more of what you already are, you know, and it's like, and money's the same thing makes you more of what you already are. If you're a super generous, wonderful, you know, philanthropic person, money's going to make you more generous and more philanthropic. And if you're a jerk, and cynical, then money's just going to make you more of a jerk and think you have more reasons or, you know, more reasons to be a jerk or more justified to be cynical. And, and so I think that getting to bankruptcy and that all stripping away kind of helped me even realize that the more that I was making a lot of the times drove me further away from myself. And I'm hoping I'd caught myself again. Um, I think it was Friday night. So like four nights ago, I was with some friends. We had a little night out. It was just the three of us. And I saw, found myself comparing myself to them. I found myself comparing my company to them and being, and thinking of them as more successful and catching myself and be like, wait a second. I thought, wait a second. I thought I went through this. I thought I wasn't <laughs> comparing anymore. And obviously, you know, feelings and emotions are like, you know, I don't know what the right analogy is. It's like you need to shower every day, right? Just because you shower once and get clean doesn't mean you're going to be clean the rest of your life. And this, this kind of work is just perpetual ongoing work every single day of coming back to being thankful and humble. And you know what? Tomorrow, the next day, I will catch myself comparing myself, whether it be me having a superiority complex or an inferiority complex. It's just what we do as human beings. But I think just knowing like what our true north is, which is in my mind is humility and genuine, just like knowing who you are, regardless of what your outer circumstances are, then you know, hopefully we can come back. Hopefully our friends point us back in that direction at the same time. If you were to say that you have a shadow self, what do you think some of the qualities would be inside of that shadow self that you have worked through the past few <laughs> years to accept? <laughs> and uh, that's so funny. I, I've never asked that before. Um, uh, what I get to be a, just a dick. I get to be like, <laughs> if I get to feel like elitist, you know, like um, too good, Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess would you, I don't know if cocky is not the right word, but just superior. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that would be the same as, you know, when I was crushing it in, in real estate, I would feel like that if someone wasn't doing a, the same amount of business, let's say. Um, and then the flip side of that is you feel immediately inferior if someone's making mm-hmm. more, you know, that it's, and it's the same side of the coin or same side of the two different sides of the same coin. Um, and what else? One would be, uh, what's the word? I want to say like, like conniving, hmm. right? Like, 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 um, really strategic. I remember back in, um, real estate, I was just so interested in, in studying personal, uh, what's, what's it called, um, personal characteristics, personalities, like different personality traits. And so how I could kind of connect with any, any type of person out there. And the reason was because I wanted to be very strategic and be able to sell anyone anything, you know, and, and which I, I guess is good learning for a lot of things in life, but I could be too strategic, too strategic with relationships. And that gets so exhausting, so exhausting. It's like, I would, you know, 
you, let's say it's Friday night, or here's a perfect perfect example. Literally two days ago, I was at my place. I'm tired. I really just want to go to San Diego and kind of relax a bit, get out of town. And and my invest this investor messages me who might be investing um, some more money into Journey, and he says, "Hey, you want to go to dinner tonight?" And I'm like, "I don't want to go to dinner tonight in my mind, right?" But I'm like being super strategic. I'm like, yeah, it's probably the best thing to do because then he's going to like this. Then I can ask him next Friday. And I just went, oh, fuck it. I'm not going to dinner. I don't feel like going to dinner. Message him and said I wasn't going to go. But the old me would have been like really strategic with it and been like said the right things at dinner, then followed up on Tuesday, then hit him up on Friday. And you know what I mean? Just too thought out. Yeah. Where now it's just like, hey, this is what we're up to. Love to have you involved. If you're not, no worries. But, you know, jump on while you can. Um, rather than just being way too thought out because it's exhausting and it didn't leaks right it leaks into friendships and family and business and all that kind of stuff it's uh too tiring it sounds so exhausting i it, yeah i just it sounds inauthentic and and, and 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 just not fair to yourself because you are a person that has needs and boundaries are a great thing being able to set boundaries yeah. i i had a coach once who was business coaching me and he was giving me advice on I guess it was like getting people into my coaching or something along those lines. And he told me to listen to this book on tape about marketing or selling, how to sell without selling, blah, blah. And one of the things it was saying, it was like, okay, whenever you're setting a meeting to talk with a potential client, tell them that you have 20 minutes and that gives them the sense of urgency and they know you're important, you have things to do. And then it was uh -huh. like, well, what if the person says they only have 18 minutes? Well, then you come back at them and you say, well, I only have 16 minutes. Oh, and it was just like, I was like, this sounds like the stupidest conversation to me. Yeah. And it sounds yeah. like dating also too, like the whole dating, exactly. like, yeah, like, well, if they text you in the morning and the night, then you only text them the next day. And I'm like, that sounds not fun. Yeah. It's just too much thought goes into it. And you can, yeah, that's so funny. Who said this? And I was in like this authentic, the funniest thing in this like authenticity group. It was like six of us. You know, we talk every once every week and you just kind of go over your goals and stuff. It's almost like a group, group kind of coaching thing. And, uh, and someone was asking about that. I, you know, I met this guy, this woman, she's like, I met this guy, you know, I really like him. You know, what do I say? And everyone's giving her advice. And I, at the end of it, I said, you guys, do you know why we're in this group? It's like called something authenticity. It was like, how about you call them, you say, hey, I have some interest here. Why don't we go for coffee and just see how that works? And everyone's like, oh, that's a new, that's a new approach. Because they were doing the whole like text, you know, three hours later thing. And she did. And they went out. And it was great. It's just like, if someone likes you, they like you. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Oh gosh. And yeah, it just, it's, it also, I feel like feeds off of even like the business marketing tactics. It feeds off of the insecurity of not being enough in a way like girls sometimes like guys who treat them a particular way, maybe put them down because it makes them like want to have their approval or it just makes sure, them like, sure. you know, all that stuff. Um, and so when you do that as a coach to a client, I have had coaches who have treated oh, me like yeah. they're too busy. And of course it makes you want them and their attention yep. more, but you shouldn't have to trick and manipulate someone into wanting to work with you. Yeah. I think the, the one thing that's one of the things that is so much deeper than let's say the, re the feeling that they're trying to elicit, as you said, is scarcity and you know, you need to do it now kind of thing. 
there's something deeper than that, and that is you know when someone's communicating with communicating with you with genuine authenticity, then you know then that's just that's ten times more attractive than chasing after something that you might not get. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, and it comes from a different place in your being. You know, so if you're talking to a client or a potential client, and they're like, oh, "I'm just not sure," then you saying, "Look, here's here's the honest availability that I have, and." I would love to work with you if, if you actually want to work with them. Here's the rate. And I do want to know by Friday so that I can move on. Period. Will you like honor me in that request? And then that person will be like, yes, I will honor you. And you honoring yourself like that clearly doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be, you know, boosted up by a scarce calendar kind of thing. People get when someone honors themselves, they get it. Mm, yes, exactly. And it just feels so much, uh, it just it heals something within you when you receive that kind of when you give yourself those boundaries it feels really good for yourself but also whenever you create that kind of connection with someone where you're not trying to trick them into anything and you really do care about them and you care about their self-worth and you care about their time it feels mutual because in the coaching world the coach is not above the client they're not better than the client they don't know more than the client does they're just on a separate different path and they can influence the client if they're a good fit in a good way right and it's just simple like that and it's a bummer that that is not what so many of the coaches out there are teaching they're not walking their talk they're using these tactics in order to scare like you said the scarcity calendar so Going back to the shadow self of you, um, thank you for sharing that. It sounds a lot like it goes back to like the. Um, well, it's interesting when you were talking, saying like I don't know exactly what words you were using, but superiority, superiority, and that makes total sense with the bodybuilding too, because it's like, oh, like ha, yeah. I don't eat tacos and falafels. Like I eat chicken <laughs> and brown rice, and that's all I eat because yeah. I'm better. So that sounds like it's a, I remember those days as well, like the high of superiority. It felt so good, but it was so fleeting and so fake and so made up in my mind. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, so what do you think now? What's, what's your vision of the, of the real authentic, wonderful Maddie of the next five years? What's this chapter of your life called? Oh, well, thanks for asking. Um, I think this chapter of my life, like I said earlier, I used the phrase childlike wonder. That really yeah. resonates with me. And and someone once described me as that without me even like having a connection with that phrase. I didn't wow. even think about it yet. And someone did an email intro to me and someone else and was like, meet Maddie. She has this childlike wonder. And I remember being like, whoa, like that feels like home. That feels good. And I've been tapping into that more just like laughing at things as much as I can when they're just funny and stupid and silly and like it feels very freeing and so childlike wonder is one of the things but also um community and connection that's why I do retreats I I'm doing the one that I'll be doing with you to um Mexico City with Journey that will be my fourth one in a year and I've only done four then I guess now and so I, wow. I did one last year and I was like, yep, this is good. And then boom, yes. boom, boom. Yeah. And I just, I love them. So more of that, more of that connection. I love that. I love that. That's beautiful. And I think, I was trying to think of what this chapter would be for. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I was trying to think of what this chapter would be for me. And I think it's like just deep quality. 
you know, quality of work, quality of relationships, quality with my friends, my family, my my girlfriend, and my business. You know, because it can be so. I don't. How how old are you, Maddie? I am twenty five. Holy Hannah! <laughs> just 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 like a child. Baby. <laughs> okay, well, I think you're a little bit ahead of your years, um, but I think you know it sounds like you did what people typically do in the, in their 20s in when you are like 21 and 22 and 23, uh, and just like packed it all into three years. But you know, finding out what you like and what you don't like, and and then focusing obviously on what you do, and it sounds like you're already at that point. What would you say? I know I'm kind of flipping this podcast around a bit, for a second, but. What would be your top advice for someone who is in their early 20s about finding out finding out fast what it is they love and being able to go towards it? Oh, gosh. That's a great question. Oh, I just had like five different things pop in my head. Um, I would probably – finding what you love. I would probably say – okay, the root to me right now at this point in my life, I might have said something different yesterday, but I would say today – to (laughs) strip yourself from all of the limiting beliefs you're holding on to. Like actually take some time to ask yourself what belief has been passed down to me that isn't true to me. So for example, if you were raised in a very conservative religious household, maybe one of your beliefs is sex is bad and shameful. Or maybe you have a belief that I, uh, being interested in um, reality TV, I don't know, I'm just trying to come up with a random example, yeah, yeah, is yeah. trashy or um, having these kind of friends is pathetic. Like, yeah. come Find what your parents might have passed down to you or maybe friends when you were a kid passed down to you because when you can finally bring those to awareness and see them, you can strip them because once you know something, you'll never not know it. So take those out of the equation because when those beliefs are not ruling your life, you actually have the expansive world available to you to find out what you're really interested in without the fear of being unworthy if you do or say or like a particular thing. So targeting what it is you're afraid of and what you think is wrong in this black and white world and step into the space of gray where the unknown is acceptable and even enjoyed and you don't have to have everything figured out. That's how you find what you love. You find your passions by at least having those all the passions of the world available to you to choose from, not just the ones you think in your black and white mind are right and wrong. Whew. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Um, you, did, you, did you just drop your mic after that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like twiddling my fingers like, okay, yeah, now I'm going to stop. This is so, good. Yeah. Okay, can I ask you then that as well? Yeah, I don't know what I asked. I think it was what? How do you people go towards what ha- makes them happy? Yeah, how do you find what you love? How do you find if you're early 20s what you love to do? You know what? I think it's I think it's a matter of going and obviously just trying as much stuff as possible as fast as possible and make decisions. In my mind, make them quick. Like we get so stuck trying to be perfect. My biggest, my biggest pet peeve in business is when people try to, they wait for three weeks before they send the perfect email to that list of 10,000 people to get them to go and do, you know, sign up for whatever trip. It's like send a thousand of the email tonight, send another thousand tomorrow night, learn, 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 and you'll get to the point where you, where you know, you know, what works. And for me, that worked out really well. Like I decided to be a firefighter like in a day, you know, mm-hmm. I, I thought of it as like, you know what, I think I'm going to want to be a firefighter, go. And then I'd be, 
you know, went to the school, got all my first aid stuff, was a firefighter for four years, and I loved it. It was an incredible experience. And then from firefighting to real estate, again, was like a 24-hour decision. I, I had bought my first um, condo, my first piece of real estate, um, with a bank loan, which you're not really allowed to do, but, you know, where you, like, kind of take out a loan to buy a Jeep, and then you <laughs> take the Jeep money and put it down on a condo, and then flip the condo that was the idea and and i remember learning how much my real estate agent made and i was like wait a second all i did was like sign some papers with her and she made four thousand dollars i was like i need to, i want to make more money i want to i'm going to do that too and literally just like ordered my real estate course ended up building a real estate company for six years and had a wonderful time you know hit all my financial goals that i wanted to hit while doing it and it was just these quick like impulse decisions that just felt right at the time and I think people t- take just way too long to decide, you know, and they'll, and they'll go to go to school while trying to decide something, you know, because they don't know what to do. So they just go to school. It's like you don't know what to do because you, you I think people do know what to do. They have like this like impulse of what to do, but then have a whole bunch of find a whole bunch of reasons why not to do it. Or they check with too many people. You know what I mean? Like they go, hey, mom, hey, dad, hey, aunt, hey, uncle, hey, grandpa, grandma, friends, like, get, what do you think of this? Asking all of their friends about it. Like just in my mind, you just go do it. And if you're going to fall flat on your face, you fall flat on your face, but at least you'll have learned, like you said. So my, my, my advice is do stuff, do it fast, do it as full out, like what you do. And I think that's kind of a reflection, whether you're bodybuilding or building a coaching business, you do it full out. You know, that's like a Maddie Moon thing. You know, like if you went right now and started a hot dog stand, I guarantee there'd be Maddie Moon hot dog franchises in 30, <laughs> 30 states within the next you know 17 months or something like that it's just kind of you and i would say other people should do the same thing like you do things full out do things just full out like go whatever whatever it is that you're thinking of doing if you want to be an artist go online and talk about or research how to make money or how to subsidize your income while being an artist like just go and do it feel it live it soak it up and then if you want to adjust down the road adjust down the road but life is just not this this thing that we think it is where every where you need to be married by the time you're 26 or you're 28 or whatever it is that you you know um, whatever story it is that you made up when you're playing with your Barbies when you're six um, you know and I, I'm kind of all over the place but saying that we all have these weird stories in our head that we made up when we were in our teens like that this is how the world works this is where I should be by this point in our lives that doesn't exist you know I'm 35 and I feel I feel like I'm just for the first time, just for the first time in my life, I'm actually scared of death. I've never really been that scared of death, but now I'm a little bit scared of it because it's just started to get really, really awesome, and I don't want to stop, mm. you know? And so, it's just, I don't know, this, this whole need to have this by that that time in life, need to have this by the time I'm 28, need to have this by the time I'm 30, none of that exists. I would say just go try something, go crazy balls out towards it, and uh, and see where it takes you because it will lead somewhere else. For my audience in particular, I think that piece of advice you just gave about doing it full out, doing it fast is the most valuable piece of advice that's been said on this podcast in a long time, honestly, because I have so many beautiful, beautiful overthinking listeners, beautiful, incredible, powerful women and men who listen to this show, but overthink, or I'll say and, I don't like saying but, and and they overthink. 
and your your gender and all the women listening to this, you are predisposed to think even more than men, far more, and be far more risk adverse than men. It's just it just is. They did this study where they looked at how many what was it, I think is how many uh, points on a job description will a woman make sure that she matches before applying versus a man. So let's say there's ten. Um, things that a job description says you need to be, you know, three years experience in this and able to do type it this many words a minute or whatever it is. A woman, on average, will make sure that she matches at least eight of the the points on the job description before applying for a job, and a man will make sure will make sure on average that he matches two on a job description <laughs> job before applying for a job. And I've seen it over and over again, and I can speak to this genuinely because my company is is myself and seven women. You know, and that's that's it. There's no other man in the companies because women are absolutely, in my mind, especially in early stage companies, so incredible and moving tons of things forward and being passionate. And they already know that doing a building a company that has a service element is incredibly important. It usually takes guys a little bit longer to figure that out. Um, but yeah, I guess just to reiterate that is. What, whatever it is, that little inkling, just go and do it. Stop caring so much about what your friends think, what your family is going to think, because they will think world of you once you actually dove into it and gotten you know over the first hump or whatever it is and seen that you're committed. Does that makes any sense? It's just like, just go for it. Yes, yes, yes. That same study, I actually quoted that at my last retreat when I was talking to all the women about this particular topic, about going after and doing things. I have read that study somewhere. I didn't read the exact one where it was like 8 out of 10. I just read that I read that most women, if they don't meet qualifications, won't even apply, whereas men do apply. Um, I like knowing the yeah. more specifics because that's like, whoa, that's a huge eye-opener, but it's so incredibly true. And like this piece of advice, it's going to be really easy for people to listen to this podcast while they're driving in the car. And then when the episode is done, leave it. But I really invite people and in just, bleh, if I could do anything like and wave a magic wand, it would be that everyone listening to this would like really hone in on this piece of advice and just do it. Just do it. Don't be afraid of the quote failure or of of all the different little beliefs and fear-based things popping up in your head, just go after it. One of my favorite quotes, which I'm going to read to you because I really think you'll like this, it's in The Alchemist, and you may even know it, but um, it says, whenever we need to make a very important decision, it is best to trust impulse and passion because reason usually tries to remove us from our dream, saying that the time is not yet right. Reason is afraid of defeat, but intuition enjoys life and its challenges. <sighs> right? Ah. Yeah, Maddie. Yeah, so that's good. it. Like, this is, this is like, you know what? And it doesn't. It's not just you saying this. It's not just me saying this. It's like. I don't know what the study, it's not even necessarily a study, but you hear over and over and over again, people that are on their deathbeds, what do they wish for? They wish they would have lived more. They wish they would have risked more. You know, they, when you get, that's like my biggest fear, getting to the end of life and being like, you know, I didn't put it all out on the table. Mm -hmm. I didn't try everything. And that's like the, what I learned being in bankruptcy is you get a lot of people reaching out and going, look, you know what? If you, if you're not failing at stuff, then you're not trying hard enough. You're not trying big enough things. And so that's that's the thing that's getting held back. I don't know what the quote is about um, the worst thing in life is dying with your music still inside you. Mm. You know, it's like, could you imagine? Like, just think of that. I, pain is a bigger motivator than than um, pleasure overall. And so, just think of the pain. Think of like going going. 
being late in your life and looking back and going, ugh, I really, I never did that thing. I never tried singing. I never tried to be an artist. I never tried that to start my own real estate company. I never tried to um, be a coach. I never tried to do all of these things. And then, because I guarantee, when you look back, you'll realize that life actually wasn't nearly as serious as you thought it was. You know. My, yes. I know I was 25 and I was completely burnt out. And I remember one time when I was 25 being under a blanket on my couch crying because I was so, I was so burnt out from, from working towards these sales goals and whatnot. I look back and I'm like, oh, God, Taylor. Like, I wish I could just pat poor 25-year-old Taylor on the head and be like, dude, chill out. Like, it's it. look at your life. Look how amazing this is. Look, you're, you're, it's going to be just fine if you sell nine condos, if you sell ten condos, you know? But and that's what you're going to look at when you're 70 years old as you look back and go, wow, I wish I would have tried more things. Mm-hmm. We only get we only get one time around in this in this meat suit, anyways. Yeah, I think having a healthy understanding of your mortality is really important to actually harnessing the power of having a heartbeat. It really is like. I think about death. I probably think about death a little bit too much, to be completely yeah. honest. Yeah, I was like a little bit on the OCD side, uh, um, OCD side as a child. I would uh-huh. go around and like I did all the weird things. Like I would loosen up a faucet, tighten, loosen, tighten, loosen, tighten, and like <laughs> go around in my locks on the door and like unlock the door lock the door unlock the door my parents be like oh look how cute she is like making sure we're safe inside the home (laughs) but like it was actually this like deep fear yeah i had like a deep fear that somehow the faucet would turn on and drown me or a stranger would come in and kill like yeah like even as a little kid i had these fears and so obviously or maybe not, obviously, in case people don't really know me. I don't have those fears anymore, but I have a very healthy understanding of mortality, so I want to really take advantage of my life and, and live it powerfully. I also have to kind of cool it a little bit because I can let that fear of dying take charge of my, my like mindset. Some Yeah, it's, it's really weird. I can just be like, I love life so much that the thought of losing someone I love is just it just drives a lot and I just want to keep everyone safe in my arms at all times, but then also for myself. So yeah, it's interesting. Like understand that life is short. It's also long, but it's very short. So live it to the fullest, but don't get too attached to the idea of death and like what happens then. And, and then you go on a different path of like obsession and fear. We don't want that either. You know, it's, you know what I really love? I'm sure you've, you've, have you read 4-Hour uh, Workweek? I there? have, yes. You know, one of the things I really loved out of that book, I thought that whole book is pure gold, but one of the things I really loved about it is is when he, he talks a lot about this. He talks about, you know, having fear of doing something or not doing something. And he, talk, he has this little method of going through and figuring out, well, what's the worst that could happen? You know, worst case scenario. And so he has, basically, as you write out, what would happen if this all worked? You know, what would happen if you started the coaching business? Let, you know, let's say we've got a listener and her name's Debbie and she right now is an investment banker um, or she's, um, yeah, she's an investment banker and she always wanted to be a coach. Then Debbie would write out, what's the best thing that could happen if I became a coach? She would write out, you know, well, I would be able to, I would be making this much money and I would be making this many people happy and I would spend my days talking to people and, and helping them improve their lives and I would be improving my life at the same time and I would be able to do retreats in Hawaii and Mexico and, and I'd be able to collaborate with Journey and do a retreat with 
journey in Mexico like Maddie Moon does um, and refurbishes a school or whatever it is. She writes out all the things that are great and she writes that out of 10, potential life change out of 10. And she, that would obviously be like a 10 out of 10. It'd be amazing. And then she, but the most powerful thing is she does it for the downside too. Like what's the worst thing that could happen if I quit my job and I became a coach and none of it worked, no one hired me, et cetera, et cetera, what would happen? And you kind of future pace that and you realize that at the end of the day, even if you do fail, it's probably not nearly as bad as you think. Mm-hmm. You know, you you sure you might have to eat a bit cheaper food. You have to shop at Trader Joe's rather than Whole Foods, or you'd have to drive a Pinto rather than your Tesla, um, that kind of thing. But if you really look at it, the downside is the, the worst that could happen. Obviously, is 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 like probably like a four, you know, out of ten, because zero being like dying from it, one being you know having to move to Antarctica or something like that. Um, but it's usually like a four. And when you can look at, look at all those fears like in the eye, realize that they're not nearly as terrible as you think they are, then it's just kind of, it's a bit more empowering to go out and do it, knowing what the worst case scenario is. Mm, I love this exercise. And for a lot of youngins, like around early twenties, when I have talked to girls being like, I want to start my own food blog or I want to be a health coach, blah, blah, blah. But yep. I have this fear of not being able to pay my bills. And then I say, yep. well, what happens if you can't pay my, pay your bills, whether you're yeah. 20 or you're 30? Normally they're like, well, I, my parents would probably let me move in with them. And I'm like, uh-huh. freaking sweet. Like that's yeah. not the most ideal situation, but the, to sac- like the sacrifice is living with your parents to make your dreams come true. Like, what to me that's such a gift it's a gift it's great that's the best that's the best kind of rent free rent yes exactly like it's not when it comes to bringing home a date or something like that maybe it's not the coolest but that's a gift (laughs) you have that cushion there you have people there for you and if you don't have family that will let you live with live with them okay well there's probably something else like just living with more roommates ta-da like you can figure out things around your Totally. your problems, the problems that are popping up. So I'm, that's a really good exercise and that's an amazing book. So before we head on over to the quick fire round where I'm going to ask you some questions, can you talk a little bit about the Mexico City journey that we're going to be doing? Yeah. I mean, this is like I, I said to you before the podcast, this is my favorite property on earth that we're going to go to. We're going to do, well, two of my favorite things. One, it's August 3rd to 8th. We're going to go to refurbish a school in Mexico City. And so that means we're going to go, we're going to be painting walls and ceilings and murals, doing gardens and landscaping. We're going to be doing some wiring and some plumbing, if you know how to do wiring and plumbing. We're going to be bringing them books, shelves, gifts for the kids, toys, games. The whole thing is like an extreme school makeover for two days. Um, we're going to have to stop you, I bet, from playing with the kids nonstop, like playing <laughs> soccer and basketball, get you to do some work. But uh, so we're going to have, a, we're bringing 50 people down. We'll refurbish the school in two days. Uh, eat all local food. It'll be a blast. Then we all hop on buses. We drive for an hour and a half into the mountains in central Mexico, and we go to this incredible property, which is called Hotel of the Light. And there we spend three days. We do a Mayan sweat lodge. We do this incredible hike to a beautiful pyramid. We do yoga, walking meditation, um, group group meals, just have some healthy food. There's chakra therapy pools, massages. It's like three days of wonderful, beautiful healing resort. And the whole point of them is for us to integrate the experience we just had. For us to like really talk about it. So what did it mean to us going to this school? And what did it how did it feel to each person seeing these kids have a brand new place to come and learn it and seeing the teachers have a brand new place to come and teach it? 
you know, what, how, what does that mean to us and how did it make us feel and what do we want to do with it in our lives going forward? So we'll have great content from you, um, ideally doing a little bit of a talk on what you do and, and, you know, what's worked for you in your life, kind of like this podcast, you know, on steroids and, and just, just have time for people to connect, to bond and to think about, you know, what kind of purpose they want to integrate in their life going forward. I'm so excited for this. I'm I'm beyond excited. And I actually, Taylor, I was wanting to come to the one you did in Mexico City last December. My yeah. friend Jake Hilbrun went to that. Oh, yeah. He's great. Yeah. And so I had him on. I actually had him on the podcast right before I think he went to go do that. I think it was right before. Or maybe it was right after. But, yeah, he came yeah. on. He talked about that experience that he was going to do or either did do. I don't really remember. But, yeah, he's great. Um, and I just remember being like, this, this is really calling me. This is really calling me. And then finally just reached out to you guys. And I'm beyond thrilled. I've never been to Mexico before. And my one of my things for this past year has been to do more service, hands-on service work. And travel, of course, is always a big theme in my life. So this is just ideal, beautiful, perfect, and community, just in-person community experiences. So what would you say people can expect to walk away from this journey feeling changed yeah. or transformed? What kind of sensations yeah. can they expect? You know, for everyone, it's so different. And all I can say is that this, you know, I talked about this last company, Change Heroes, and this kind of mission to do some good things in the world. And all of that was actually started, started by a trip like this. You know, I went on a trip to Kenya and Uganda back when I was about 28 and was so moved by it that that was the reason for, for dropping the real estate company and, and diving into doing something that was going to benefit other people. Um, so the result, you could call it transformative, you call it, you know, life changing, you could call it just healing, you call it very, a lot of people get very clear, you know, I don't know what that feeling is, but just feeling very clear on what they want out of their life. And that's what this is for, is to, one, crack people open by, by, by you know, throwing them into a wonderful, deep, meaningful um, service experience and giving them the space, like building the sandbox for them to play in, for them to get clear on what their, their own purpose is and leave their feeling really clear, like this is what I want in life. And, uh, and then obviously there's a lot of friendships that go along with it. Yeah. I, I already have this immense sense of certainty that it's going to be the most impactful experience, but like the people coming, it's going to be really beautiful with the different souls that are going to be there on this journey. So I am beyond excited. The way that people can learn more and to sign up for this will be at wejourney.co. And this is the journey, this is his experience to Mexico City, August 3rd to the 8th. So if you do have questions or you're interested in attending this, you're like gung-ho about it, yes, Mexico City, this is the year it's going to happen, then mm -hmm. you can certainly go to um, wejourney.co, look for the Mexico City. I will also have the link to this directly on the show notes for this episode 154. And when you sign up, just say you heard about it from Maddie Moon and we'll get you rolling. And if you do have any questions, you guys, please reach out to me via email and I can even probably set up a call with you and Taylor. Yes, maybe? Yeah, yeah of course. Sweet. I'm always happy to talk about this stuff. Definitely. Sweet. Awesome. So be sure to ask questions if you're like, 
in, your heart's like, I want this, but you're hesitant and you have questions, just email me. Cool. Is that all we should say about Journey before the quickfire round? I think so. I mean, it's pretty pretty straightforward. August 38th, Mexico City, and then into the mountains, and any age is fine. And yeah, if you have questions, email Maddie, and then she'll put you in touch with me. Perfect. That was a beautiful recap. Thank you. I love it. Okay, cool. Quick fire round. You know how this goes. Do you have a, don't you have a bell or something? No, I wish I did. Like I, could, could, eh, eh, I could make fire. one. Bing. Maybe next time. Okay, bing. <laughs> bing. Okay. Uh, first question, mountains or beaches? Beaches. Favorite book? Autobiography of a yogi. Most useful kitchen appliance in your home? Knife. Knife. Yeah. Is that an appliance? Uh, yeah, today it is. Yeah, actually, I'm changing Vitamix. Okay, yeah, that's 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 better. That's a good one. Yeah, it's way better. If you were a color, what would you be and why? Uh, the color of the ocean, because I'm madly in love with the ocean. What, and this is personally because I'm really interested, what's your um, astrological sign, your sun sign? I am a Capricorn. I'm a double Capricorn. Capricorn, you know what's so funny? I was just thinking that. Shut up. I was. I was trying to guess what you were. And Capricorns, first of all, yeah. Cap- so Capricorns are the the first thing I can say about Capricorns is they are the hardest workers you know by far. And so that's their struggle is their biggest struggle is learning how to like tone it down on yeah. hardworking. They're very very money driven. They're very passionate about their work. Um, but they're very like logical structure to me. It's like the typical masculine energy, like what you think of masculine energy. That is a Capricorn. Um, fascinating. So when you were saying all this work stuff, I was like, I bet you anything he's Capricorn. Oh, straight up double Capricorn through and through. Oh my gosh. Cool. Like I'm like just learning all about astrology. Like I'm taking this course and so uh, it's just a fun little game I'm playing to figure out what people are. Okay. Quality wise, what's your biggest turn on in a partner? You know what? It's an overall feeling of deep femininity. Mm-hmm. I'm on like I am on the double Capricorn far masculine side of like super driven, super directed, very logical. And my partner, like my partner now, Joanna, she is like the epitome of the. She's an artist. She's a performer. She's soft. She's incredibly feminine. So I, uh, I'm I don't mind the the ups and downs and the and whatnot that come along with um, what is typically known as feminine energy because I think we balance each other out really well. Mm, yes, yes, yes. What is one bucket item list ready to go and you want to make it happen in your life? You know what? I would I used to I know it's quick fire. I used to have that that list like really written out. What a bucket list. You know what? I think I want to have a kid. At some point I want to have a kid. That's as far as traveling and stuff, I've done a ton of it. There's lots of places I'd still love to go, but I'm looking forward to having a, having a child one day. Aww. Aww. That's sweet. Aww. <laughs> I like that. Um, what do you know for sure? <laughs> that I know nothing. <laughs> that I know nothing for sure. Um, for- what do you eat for breakfast? I This morning I was at someone else's place in San Diego. What did I eat today? I ate some eggs and hash eggs and hash browns. Usually, it's scrambled eggs. Last question: Who would you cast to play the role of you in a movie about your life? Brad Pitt, obviously. Oh yeah, duh. What? There's another answer. Come on. 
Uh, Brad, Brad can play the range. Like, didn't he play that character that got younger all the time? He can look like he's yeah. super young, and you know, I think that'd be that'd be um, basically the most flattering thing I could do for myself is get Brad Pitt in there. <laughs> I've gotten Brad Pitt a few times. I've gotten, I think, Leonardo DiCaprio maybe. <laughs> Um, if I was a dude, I would say Christoph Waltz because I'm obsessed with that man. And yeah. no one has said Christoph Waltz yet, which doesn't make sense to me because he's just I mean, freaking... it might be because I have no idea who he is. I'm not the most <laughs> pop culture guy, so I, the only two cele- actor celebrities I know is Leo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, so it's going to be one of those two. Okay, you should look him up. He pl- he was in Inglorious Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. And... Many movies that you've probably seen. I just I want to spread the Christoph Waltz awareness because okay. no one knows who he is until they look at him and then they're like, oh. So let's invite him to Mexico. Okay. Yes. That that is done. Consider it I'll done. I'll see if I can find that up for you. Yes. That would be a dream come true. Thank you. Okay. Well, Maddie, you're a treat. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been fantastic. I am so freaking excited to launch this out into the world. And I can't wait to hear what everyone thinks about it. So thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. Anytime. Just as a reminder, everyone, if you want to check out the links to the journey and you want to check out all the things that Taylor is up to in the world, you can go to maddiemoon.com slash Taylor dash Conroy episode 154. I will talk to you guys soon and have a great rest of your week. 